Hello and welcome to the latest Business Leader Insight. Today, we're delighted to be talking to Holly Tucker, MBE. Holly Tucker is the co-founder of the pioneering e-commerce business, Not on the High Street. And Holly is also the founder of Holly & Co., an organization which helps businesses looking to grow. And she's also known as the small business fairy godmother and also has a Sunday Times best-selling book, which is called Do What You Love, Love What You Do. We're delighted to be talking to Holly Tucker today, who will be giving us some fascinating uh, business insights. And just also thank you again to our sponsor, Nightstone Capital. And yeah, we'll we'll start off uh, nicely. I I noticed, um, oh yeah, it'd be good to just obviously find out a bit about your back. I know that you kind of lived... Uh, abroad for a bit and I think obviously that that often adds a bit of character to somebody I mean can you just tell us about your your kind of experiences growing up at the age of seven um we moved as a family to Holland and I lived in Antwerp and Amsterdam and it was an amazing colorful childhood I went to international schools I actually didn't know two people from the same country So it was an amazing tapestry of human beings that I sort of learnt, I'm sure, some of my fundamental skills with. And and certainly, obviously, growing up in Amsterdam is is an interesting experience. Um, I spoke Dutch, I would ride my bike everywhere, you know, obviously skating on the canals. I remember going to the red light district and asking my mother why everybody was wearing bikinis in the winter time because I thought that that's you know and she said oh it's just the new season of fashion um that's coming through so uh you know and I had uh big sleeping jumpers with sort of uh the weed prices uh, written on my jumpers you know it was it was just an amazing moment um to be there my parents had a lot of fun I now realize they were my age when they moved there, whereas I before thought they were quite old, uh, they weren't actually that old. Um, so it was a it was a great adventure. So what what, what I think what we're saying there, Holly, is that the red light district has, has, has inspired this fashion entrepreneur, or or, 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 or let's not go there. Uh, but no, no, that's an interesting uh, uh, background there, uh, Holly, and, and certainly a fascinating place to kind of grow up, isn't it? Amsterdam, very uh, interesting city. Um, I just now want to kind of move on. Um, uh, then I know that you obviously you started your career in advertising um, and then uh, you worked uh, for a couple of businesses before kind of setting up on your own. I mean, e-commerce was in its infancy uh, then and a lot of the kind of the technology hadn't kind of been created as it is now. I mean, how did you kind of find that experience of shaping an industry and where did that drive come from? I always when I mentor people and I talk to people there's a notion that naivety is a bad thing. Naivety is absolutely phenomenally fantastic. It means that you run in with no preconceptions to how it should look, appear, behave, cost. Um, So certainly for ourselves, when we built Not on the High Street, it was one of the first marketplaces in the world. And I'm talking at the time when Amazon sold books and eBay sold, you know, um, socks that you got from Christmas and you sort of could put it on your bed and take a photograph and they would sort of sell it was a really really different time and so I think that the notion was I was running fairs at the time that really the internet acted like a new town hall roof for my stallholders which I had started to curate small businesses that were looking to meet discerning customers were being kicked off the high street and it just felt 
it's very, very easy to do. You know, it, it felt like this should have been invented before, an ability for people to be able to shop with fantastic small businesses that someone had bothered to pick rather than just anyone. And so actually that naivety led us to having um, quite a roller coaster ride in that first year from trying to find people to build the technology. I remember four days before we um, launched Not On The High Street, the idea of the single basket checkout where you could check out with multiple businesses uh, hadn't been invented. So that wasn't even in existence. I think it was eBay that were about to launch it in America, um, but it didn't exist in the UK. And so Again, we thought that that would work and this company was going to pull through, even though it was quite odd that we were not seeing the final product and yet we were telling all the press. We didn't come from this world, so we didn't know what beta meant. Um, and I remember launching a shopping site with no checkout on the first day. Um, and yet we were in the Daily Mail. We were in so much publicity. Um, but again, you just don't give up. Two weeks later, uh, a week later, I think, we built the technology that eBay hadn't even launched in America. And again, it was the understanding of what the consumer needed, what the small business required. Um, and that if it just, we just, it was, everything was figure outable, um, you know, which is something I like to keep saying now to my team now, we, we can figure out anything. Um, so, and which we did. And you mentioned there, you know, you, you didn't give up. And like every business, especially one that was pioneering in the e-commerce, you know, that there were challenges. And sometimes also businesses and business owners say it's good to fail and fail fast. If something's not going to work, change it, move on. That's what an entrepreneur does. How did you know sort of to keep on going? What what kind of what, where where you know what what kind of made you think right? I have to stick at this through all the pains. I know it was self funded as well with with your partner. What made you think I'm not going to give this up? That, that there is an end goal. We were the consumer, and again, very. I advise this to a lot of my um, small businesses. You know, if you don't love what you do. Um, it's actually the name of my book, Do What You Love, Love What You Do. But if you do not love it and you are not the consumer of it, um, it's going to be very, very hard to build a business where you give so much of yourself to uh, the company. And so um, I knew that myself and Sophie, my business partner, and then actually our whole team and actually every single human I knew loved not on the high street. And so it, it just, again, was something that we just had to persevere. I always liken it to, you know, um, raising a business child. You know, I had my first child who was an actual human. <laughs> he was three months old when I started not on the high street, which I wouldn't necessarily recommend to anybody. But um, again, I would never give up on my child and I would never give up on my business idea. So I, I, do, I believe in energy, I believe in passion, I believe in enthusiasm. And also, if the goal is actually far greater than yourself, if it's not um, just literally, I need to sell this item that I've just imported, or et cetera, et cetera. You know, for us, we were building an entire small business community that was desperately required. Um, so, you know, the, the pull was actually the change in the, the change in the landscape we were going to make for the better and so i think that keeps you going as well no thanks um holly and i just want to talk about um the world of investment raising money because it's really important to our our readers because that's something that they'll be doing right now uh, how do you kind of raise capital to, to, to fund the business i mean 
it kind of hasn't it hasn't changed the kind of funding world from, from when you were involved and you know you've ex, you had experience of vcs and there's very much you know i think you said yourself it was run by white men who let their kind of wives do the uh shopping i mean can you tell us about how you found raising money then and do you think the the context has changed now do you think there is more kind of diversity and it and it, and it and, you know is more inclusive well, you know, it was 16 years ago that we started uh, raising money. And I think still only 1% of VC capital goes to women. So if that's a change, then goodness knows what it was when we were raising money. So, you know, yes, I think that there is a lot of talk about it. The thing is for anyone raising money and that what people will know is it takes all of you in order to do it and actually i wanted to put it on the list you know there's this sort of the stressful things in your life you know it's something like death marriage divorce moving obviously raising money has to go on that list because it was an incredible endeavor and i think things have changed now in the sense that there is language you know i remember going to my bank manager and he didn't know what an entrepreneur was so it was a you know what is seed funding um, so the landscape absolutely has made it um, a far more viable option, as in that it's now part of our language. Um, there are so many networks that we can join as entrepreneurs. Do I believe that actually potentially the world of venture capital um, has developed to realizing how important founders are? I don't know. And that's something now that, you know, um, not in the high street, we raise six um, uh, rounds of funding. Um, and with Holly & Co, I would be going down that same route because what I am now building is um, can't be answerable um, to potentially the cookie cutter notions that people have to answer in their boards in VC land. And so I think that it's very interesting the amounts of ways that we can raise money now. And I love crowdfunding. I love the idea of community. Those that believe in a brand could actually put their money where their mouth is, not just buying the product, but being able to back the business. It's again, something that I really advise small businesses with a customer base that are normally could call themselves fans and so um I'm, I'm finding that very very interesting but it certainly was an incredible journey um as two women back in 2006 raising money for a shopping site um that we had sort of comments such as um you know my as you said my wife does the shopping and i don't believe we need a crafts business on the internet um, and what they didn't realize is we were going to change the face of retailing in the UK. And um, and anyway, for those who backed us, it, it paid off. Yeah, thanks for uh, that answer there, um, Holly. Uh, I just want to also now um, ask, you know, how did you find the transition um, from you know being in control of a company and, and giving up the reins and, and bringing in others to sort of join the leadership team and help it grow with you? You can't build your vision um, you can't build the unthinkable um, by yourself. And actually what I've realized over the last 20 years is that your place is best held at the helm, freed up of most of the day to day, um, except for the fundamentals such as hiring and strategy and marketing, except, you know, but ultimately your job is to be the captain of the ship 
absolutely looking at the horizons, uncharted waters, and having the bravery to direct people into um, the new lands that you're going to discover. And so you have to bring on phenomenal people. The watch out is the silver bullet notion that people who have come from um, great businesses um, can just slot into an entrepreneurial company. You know, beware of the plausible idiot uh, where actually you have um, those looking to bulk up their credentials, their CV by working in an entrepreneurial environment um, and actually what you really require is those who are um, wanting to stay with you potentially for the long run, you know, who are also vested personally in maybe, again, I, I go back to the purpose and the passion and the mission of the company um, and really want to help you as a founder succeed, less about maybe their own career. They just want to be part of a team and just very, very interesting. I've always, I've actually got a cross-stitched frame that's sitting in front of me um, that says um, it's better to have a hole than an asshole, which actually is a brilliant saying, because if you hire the wrong person or you put all your chips in one basket or you think it's going to be a silver bullet and they're not, it can take your business back, I predict, one year. Um, that's once you've worked out they're not right, then you've had the courage to actually do something about it, then you're normally six months too late anyway. So it is a, it's very important to build a team. There is no way you can ever do it on your own. Um, but it's really about looking at those values within that team, looking at their, their passion to stay with you um, and personally what it means for them um, to build the company with you. When I think not, not on high street, I think of Holly Tucker. That's obviously your personal brand. Can you give any tips to people who will... Uh, end up watching and reading this about how they can build a personal brand and how can that can impact positively on the business? Yeah, I, I think in the future, um, the personalities behind a brand are going to be absolutely paramount. I think that we are already swamped by brands uh, vying for our attention. Um, certainly, we look at the climate that we're living in today. And I think that customers, humans, obviously, emotional commerce, um, they need to connect with people and they need to understand um, that person behind the brand. And I actually think if you're a founder or an entrepreneur and you haven't done this, this is one of the biggest um, opportunities of the companies. I meet people all the time, every day, and they will talk to me um, with such trust because they know who I am and the businesses that I build are for good. They are uh, helping communities of small businesses. They know that um, I put my money where my mouth is. Um, I will always tell them the truth and that I have integrity um, to the mission at hand. So I just do not think, however much money you would spend on marketing, that anything would be as incredibly powerful than your own personality, your own values, and taking consumers uh, with you on that journey and that's certainly um, how we have built Holly and Co. No, thanks Holly and, and I just want to it wasn't one of the, the questions that, that I had but it just made, made me think when you mentioned kind of climate as well I guess leaders have to be careful about where they position themselves and also that they don't you know you know become people who greenwash and kind of say 
say things but don't do them. I think following through in integrity is really important, isn't it? Doing what you say you're going to do and showing that you do it. Yeah. And you know what? We're only human beings. We only have X amount of hours in the day, even though entrepreneurs, you know, we are always on and we're on every single day, regardless of what time of year it is. Um, I think that it's very important to lay out what you're going to do, uh, what your passions are, what good you're going to do for the world, for your consumers, for society, for a community and make, make it clear that you're unable to do everything. You know, I was I was looking at the news today and I was just thinking, my goodness, why are we even working at the moment? You know, if, if my son is going to be in a planet where half of it is on fire, I, I don't really understand why we're having a marketing meeting. You know, and there's only so much you can do as a person. And we all of us have to we're about to become a B Corp at Polly & Co. It's taken two years to get to this point. So it's not something that you can do overnight. And it's highly important at Holly & Co. But, you know, for us, it's helping people build businesses doing what they love, because I perceive that to be a key to happiness. That's what I do. And someone else will do something else. And I think then you can really build a phenomenal relationship with your consumers, with your suppliers, because they really understand what your landscape is um, and not trying to do too much um, in, an, in a vanilla way. No, thanks, Holly. And um, I'm just going to move on to, 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 to you know, Holly and, Cohen and your um, the, the way you advise business. I mean, it was interesting, the recession, uh, the, the last you know big recession kind of spurned a lot of kind of uh, startups that have become some very, very big businesses today, like Uber and, and things like that. And obviously, you know, one of the the supply sides of this terrible pandemic has been that a lot of people have been on furlough, made redundant, and, and you know, there's potentially going to be a, a start your business revolution. Some of our readers might be working in companies, they might be thinking of launching a company, they've got a good idea. Uh, what, what would your piece of advice be to them? Well, um, 400,000 businesses were started in June this year, which is a record breaking amount. We are, um, I think the last survey I read was 39% of people in current jobs are going to quit within the next 12 months, which is not great for an employer, but for the employee who might be thinking of uh, going for it, it's A, just understanding that, um, you know, there is never a good time. I think that's the one piece of advice that I would give. You know, building a business is uh, an all-encompassing um, phenomenon and you have to understand if you can afford to just um, cold turkey it and just leave do you have to um, work part-time do you have to cut down your hours what is it that's going to lead you to being able to have this business full-time and remember you know there isn't a right time but also you know you you can take your time to get there because ultimately, if you run out of funding and cannot raise funding, your idea is dead in the water. And if you want to build a business, which I name, I call good life businesses, these are businesses you don't have to retire from, then you've got all the time in the world. You've got many decades ahead of you. Um, but it's just this early stage that is a very, very tricky moment where you've got the idea, you're trying to build the customer base, cash is definitely short, how long can you tread water? And the longer that you can tread water, um, the better. So I would I would just think about planning. Um, you know, there's all the time in the world to be a hurricane. My nickname is Holly Hurricane, but um, it's the hare and the tortoise analogy. And, um, you know, you've got many decades ahead of you um, to build a phenomenal business. You just got to get there.
Thanks uh, again there, Holly. I mean, one of your key focuses uh, with Holly & Co is to bring colour to grey. I mean, where did this uh, stem from and, 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 and why is it so important to you? It was important for me with my next business that I addressed some of the uh, take-homes um, from my past, you know, nearly yeah, nearly two decades uh, running Not in the High Street, creating Not in the High Street. And actually what I realised is the entire landscape of building a business was pretty grey. If I wanted to get true advice, I was going to government websites. If I wanted to listen to podcasts, they were normally men uh, talking about business, but in a certain way. If I wanted to read a book, again, it was done in a certain way. And I, I really wanted, like Mr Cadbury, it really inspired me um, when he built a landscape for his workers. And so for me, I just thought, right, I'm, I've got it in my mind. I'm going to build a landscape, a virtual landscape and physical elements to it for small businesses to exist in, but also for those who dream up a business to enter the world of. And so that has meant that we have an incredibly uh, immersive brand. As I mentioned, I have a book, Do What You Love, Love What You Do. I have an event called The Congregation of Inspiration. Um, I have an actual shop that you can come and visit because I believe that I, after a long time uh, learning what the kitchen table entrepreneur looked like, I needed to understand what the high street and the problems that we have with the high street. So I have a shop. I have a blog every single day. I have a site. I have a podcast called Conversations of Inspiration, which is on its um, 100 and I think 60th episode. And so um, I basically have built an immersive world that you can now enter into and it's colorful and it has a new language and it tries to just, you know, um, deal with the imposter syndrome. And it's all about the founders and the fact that a founder doesn't just sort of clock in nine to five, as we know, it is their entire existence and actually normally what they feel fully about themselves. It's their identity. And so it never turns off. And so we address things in a much more soulful perspective um, than feeling like anyone has swallowed the business dictionary. Um, and so that's what Colour to Grey means. No, thanks, um, Holly. And just I also want to get your take on... Um, you know, working from home versus work in the office. What, where, where do you stand on that? Do you, do you think people should be in an office, work from home, flexible? Uh, you know, what, what is your view as a business leader? Well, it's, it's going to be different for different industries. There are many industries that require you to be in an office. Um, and it, there are many industries where it is so paramount that the uh, new recruits within your company um, are seeing firsthand how to operate machinery or they're seeing how to deal with complex um, issues. Uh, for myself at Holly & Co, within one month um, of the lockdown, we became a working from home business. And the reason being is I'm a paranoid fanatic um, uh, founder. And there was no way before the pandemic ever hit that anyone, you know, was not not going to be working in the office because, you know, you're a perfectionist and there's always too much to do. That first month of lockdown, my team operated like I'd never seen them operate. Um, genius came through. Um, they were better than I could ever have even imagined and I thought they were amazing those who weren't able to handle it it allowed me to 
think about whether their future was with Holly and Co. And actually now uh, we are a business where every other Monday we come into the office, we regroup. The office is there for key meetings and for campaigns and for projects. But actually, we are a working from home business. And oh, my goodness, our productivity has gone through the roof. Holly, you're, you're, you're a very happy, positive, enthusiastic person. What makes you angry and upset? Uh, well, <laughs> being able to see the future and not being able to articulate it. Um, you know, that that's a very that's more of a frustration. Um, people who say it is what it is. That makes me pretty angry. I believe that we have the power to um, build our futures. And I think we have um, got to take responsibility for what's happening out there in the world or the right uh, the wrongs that we want to right. And so for me, what makes me passionately fanatical about my own business is probably what I'm not seeing in the rest of the world, which is a move of businesses um, to really um, help situations that are going on out there through um, diversity, inclusion, the climate. Um, business is far more powerful than any government could ever be. And I do believe that it is time uh, for businesses really to put some of our issues at the forefront of their strategies. The, the one penultimate uh, question, um, just, you know, in terms of you, you've worked in advertising, you, you've grown businesses, obviously marketing and how you reach consumers and businesses is, is changing. What do you, you know, it, where's social media going to go, in your opinion, and, and other marketing channels is, you know, where, where, what do you see as the kind of growth areas? You know, not in the high street, you had many, many teams of people, marketing and agencies that would come to me. I've, I've, I've gone back to basics with Holly & Co. We built Holly & Co. through Instagram. And um, so social media is very, very important. But right now we're doing a lot of work on bringing all of our content onto our site. Um, you know, we always ask our small businesses, what if Instagram went down tomorrow? What would you do? We are also um, very much in, in the camp of Seth Godin and talking about having a thousand true followers or a thousand true fans or thousand true customers versus a hundred thousand people passing you by and so for us it's about the emotional connection you know we make 33,000 decisions every single day and everything that we normally consume within business or the marketing tools would say five percent of our decisions are emotional ones where it's actually the other way around 95 percent of our decisions are emotional ones and so I'm looking to build ways that we actually get truly into the psyche and the heart um, of our consumer and that just takes time there are no silver bullets and so we very much believe in the classics and um, and also just inventing new ways such as my book such as potentially tv in the future having an, an, an ability to spread far and wide outside of your channels i suppose that are being treated as silver bullets today. If I'm, my business is going to be here in 40 years, um, is are other social media platforms going to be in 40 years? I doubt it. That's a really, really interesting insight. And one final question, probably the most difficult, Holly, what is one fact that you that people can't find about you online? Um, that I am a horrific cook and i'm a great mixologist so so cocktails not food 
cocktails, not food. I mean, you know, I, I, that is not my daily intake, but I'm just saying you wouldn't want me to cook you supper, but I can make you a great margarita. Thanks. Is, is there anything you, you wanted to, to add? I just, you know, hope anybody that's going after their dreams, you know, remembers that we've got 29,000 days on this planet. And I worked out when I was 40, I had 14,000 days left. So this isn't a dress rehearsal and it's our duty um to go after whatever we visualize and so i wish everybody luck